Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Lavender, CEO and co-founder of Electives, a corporate learning platform that recently raised over $10 million in funding. Jason, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, so before we begin talking about what you're building at Electives, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Sure. I started my career back in 2008, right when the market was collapsing. <laughs> and I started out as an actuary, actually. So I was a math major undergrad and started taking actuarial exams at this large HR consulting firm. About two years in, I realized the more actuarial exams you pass, the less interested I was in the work <laughs> that was being assigned to me. So quickly pivoted out of that, went into broader HR consulting for about five years, and then ended up in this dream role at this firm where I was heading up the health innovation team for our North American business. And I absolutely loved it. I was assessing and partnering with just hundreds of digital health startups and founders every year and, and really being the bridge between digital health entrepreneurs and HR and benefits teams at you know, Fortune 200 companies and loved it. Learned so much, I think, got my entrepreneurial itch kind of through that innovation lens. And while I was there, ended up meeting the CEO of a health tech company in Boston called Bowie Health where I ultimately ended up joining them in 2018 and just had a blast. Spent two and a half years there, went from a 75,000 employee company to about a 20-person company, which was the exact kind of shock to the system that I was looking for. And while I was there, was in business school at MIT. And I think grad school for me really just kind of rekindled this love of learning that I always knew I had, but I think I was missing as I kind of got you know a decade plus into my career. And Subconsciously, I think business school was part of the big inspiration for starting electives. Very cool. Well, that's a perfect segue into electives. So in simple terms, what problem are you solving and how does the solution work? So at a really macro level, I would say the problem that we're trying to solve is that we believe corporate training has been a, an industry that is very hard to engage with. If you ask a thousand people you know, around the world, what's your favorite corporate training you've ever had? you typically get a lot of blank stares. And when we unpacked the problem of why is corporate training this industry that no one you know, really likes, there was kind of two main answers that bubbled up in our early days. Number one was it wasn't very human. There's a lot of providers out there that provide, and I'm sure you've seen it, Brett, where it's just libraries and libraries of pre-recorded videos. And they're tough. They're, <laughs> they're not easy to watch a full 60-minute video by yourself without the ability to connect with your peers or to ask the instructor questions. So interactivity was one big problem that we saw. The other one that was really kind of our aha moment was there's this assumption that's been kind of long in this market of if you need corporate training, well, you must go to people who call themselves corporate trainers. And that to us was is this big miss in terms of who we could be learning from you know, in a workplace setting. And so we fundamentally kind of set out to not necessarily work with your quote, typical corporate trainer. We built a platform and a marketplace of teachers who are FBI agents and professional athletes and professors and authors and 
all kinds of interesting people who are amazing teachers. They just don't wake up out of bed every morning calling themselves a corporate trainer. That makes sense. And I know it's probably hard to pick, but do you have a favorite one or is there one that you really found you know, to be the most interesting and helpful? It is hard to pick. There's over 400 electives on the platform. And I say this in all sincerity, I haven't taken a class where I haven't learned something. I would say for me, my biggest learnings have come from the completely just net new topics. So I've taken great electives on you know, manager training or persuasion and influence. And I've had some kind of foundation to those where my knowledge incrementally grew. But there's other topics where depending on the teacher, it might be, you know, indigenous well-being. And I just knew absolutely nothing about kind of the Native American perspective on health. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, going from zero to one in certain content categories like that have been the most interesting because I'm just so green in those spaces that those are probably my favorite types of classes. Nice. I'd say you're not alone. I don't know too much about that either. So I'll prioritize that class. (laughs) Yeah, you'll love it. Nice. And if we're looking at, you know, your dream customers, what does that look like? Are these, you know, large enterprise accounts and SMBs? You know, how do you kind of define that dream customer? And then what's that pitch to, you know, get them to buy the platform and, you know, get involved with you guys? Yeah. So I would say the dream customer at a high level, and I'll talk about kind of our beachhead market. So at a high level, it's truly any company that is invested in their employees' growth, development, and culture which you know you wish was every company, but <laughs> sadly, it, it isn't. As far as industry and size, in our first year in market, we intentionally had a lot of conversations with companies that I would say are around 50 to 300 employees, mostly tech companies, kind of series B or C or later. And there tends to be a people ops team of about one. <laughs> and so <laughs> that team is really stretched. They want to bring... DEI training, they want to bring manager training, they want to bring employee experiences to their team, but they're a team of one. And so to outsource to a platform like ours was incredibly helpful and and they move quickly. They're not the large enterprises where, you know, procurement teams <laughs> and other teams may, may slow down the people ops team. So that was our first kind of, you know, beachhead type of customer. And then what we quickly realized as we got pulled in more from an inbound perspective into the call it 1,000 to 10,000 employee space was that there's so many folks within a company that are overseeing learning in some capacity. I think we you know, naively assumed that there's the HR team, there's the learning and development team, and there's the DEI team. And, and those are the main folks. But if you unpack it, there's leaders of employee resource groups who are looking to bring learning to their team. There's the head of the sales team is trying to upskill their sales team. And you go down into all of the different teams and departments, and there's someone trying to upskill or develop the folks on their team somewhere. And so one of the kind of interesting markets and customer profiles that we discovered was if you can onboard one company, but have 40 different administrators in the platform, all kind of purchasing and booking electives for their respective teams, Mm -hmm. it completely simplifies the administrative components on their side to the tune of one of our customers who joined us last year said they had 130 individual contracts that went through procurement for 130 different corporate trainers. And they said that alone was a nightmare. And so they're like, if we only have to go through one platform, but have all of the different content for our respective teams, total no brainer. Interesting. 
And you know, for these types of companies, you know, maybe not the tech ones that are you know, adopting it quickly, but you know, for other enterprise accounts, what are they doing now to solve this problem? Is it really that fragmented where they're just paying these individual corporate trainers? Or is there like a legacy solution or a legacy platform that a lot of these guys use? What does that look like? I'd probably put it in two different buckets. So the first bucket is kind of sadly the group that hasn't found a solution. And so I think mm-hmm. they would admit that they're kind of in the check the box mode. Of mm-hmm. They've found a LinkedIn learning or equivalent where they've implemented it. They can say to their teams that they have training and, and learning and development opportunities. I think the sad state of that is, again, engagement is typically less than 5%. So they're not necessarily seeing the engagement and outcomes that they're hoping for. And yeah, to that other example, there are a lot of companies who are really investing a lot of time and energy to what I would almost describe as like cobble different pieces together. Um, Mm -hmm. They've found a great DEI training platform. They've found a great management training platform. They've found a great XYZ platform. And they try to put all those pieces together But then the challenge is those systems don't necessarily talk to each other. And so you have employees, you know, logging into an LMS to kind of track their attendance, but then the analytics and the classes are living on a different platform. And so even though the desire and effort is there at the enterprise level, it's not easy. And so there's a lot of challenges that come from that. Got it. Makes sense. And what about market categories? How do you think about market categories? Are you transforming an existing one? Are you building a new one? What are your views there? Yeah, so this is great timing. Have you read the book Play Bigger? Yes, of course. Okay, perfect. So I just, so this is funny. I just read that book last weekend. So I had not been thinking as much about this question as I, as I have in the last two weeks. I Good timing for the interview. <laughs> yeah, I have not been able to stop thinking about this topic in general. So I can share my quick perspective, and I don't mean to sound cliche in terms of using Uber and Airbnb as my analogy, but for lack of a better analogy, I will. So when I think of what Uber did, they didn't build technology to just make taxi drivers' lives easier. You know, they built a new category. And I think Airbnb is the other classic example of they didn't build technology to make hotel administrators' lives easier. They built a new category. And both of them revolved around kind of bringing everyday people into that mix. So everyday drivers or everyday hosts. And I think what's interesting from how we think about electives, we're not building technology to make the lives of existing corporate trainers easier. We ultimately want to build technology to find the quote atypical teacher and bring that entire universe of expertise into the corporate kind of learning space. And so never before has it been so easy to learn from an improv comedian and a musician and a high school principal (laughs) um, (laughs) until the electives platform was created. So until I read that book, I would have kind of used the term, we are disrupting, you know, the corporate training industry. But I do, now that I've read it, fundamentally believe we're creating a new category. I don't have the category name. That's been the thing that's been keeping me up over the last two weeks since since (laughs) the book. But it certainly doesn't feel like corporate training. It doesn't feel like an LMS. And so we're doing some work now just talking with customers to think about what is this new category that we're creating together. And over time, you know, hopefully we can have another conversation a few weeks or months down the road where we've stumbled into the perfect name for it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, the number of founders I speak to who have read that book, it's crazy. They really seem to gain a lot of traction with startup companies. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I think I had heard of it subconsciously, but 
I was actually just driving to the beach a few weeks ago, found a used bookstore, and that was the book on the first shelf that I saw. So I just kind of grabbed it on a whim. It wasn't even a classic recommendation, and I just ate it up. It was, you know, I read it in 24 hours, and <laughs> and now I'm talking about it a lot. <laughs> nice. You have to check out another one by uh, Anthony Canada, I believe is how you say his name, but he was the CMO of GameSite. You know, they built the customer success category and he wrote a very tactical book on the idea. I can drop you a link after the interview here. Oh, amazing. That sounds perfect. Yeah. So moving into the traction side of things, uh, you launched in 2020. How much traction have you seen so far that you're okay with sharing? From just kind of a team development perspective, my co-founder and I, we bootstrapped for about nine months and really worked on this, the two of us. We're now pushing almost 30 employees as a team. So the change from two to 30 has been exciting and also sometimes feels like, you know, 300 people um, when you're used to just being on a two-person team, but in all the best ways. And then from a traction perspective, we celebrated two milestones earlier this year that we were just super proud of. One, a hundred different companies have now hosted electives within their organization which has been just really meaningful and impactful to see you know, how many end users now have actually taken an elective. And the second milestone that we were all proud of as a team was we've paid teachers over a million dollars as far as the creators and the subject matter experts who are teaching electives. And so those were two milestones that you know we hit earlier this year that we were just really thrilled to kind of see the impact at the enterprise level, but also just the kind of wealth creation that we mm-hmm. can create at the teacher side as well. That's super cool. And where do you source these teachers? And you know, are these people who aren't currently monetizing their expertise, and you're helping them monetize it for the first time? Or are they you know, like established speakers? What does that look like? It's a little bit of a mix. I would say early days, we went to the employees of different companies and just to kind of get our first wave of ideas for content. And we said, mm-hmm. Who are people that you know you would like to learn from? What types of content do you want to learn? And it was funny in the first two interviews, I'll never forget. One woman said, "I want to be a better negotiator," and mm-hmm. said, "Awesome! Who would be the ideal person to learn from?" And and she said, "Oh, I just watched this documentary on Netflix called Waco, and the FBI agent who led those negotiations was this amazing listener. I'd love to learn from him." And so we ended up reaching out to Gary Nessner, and now he teaches an elective on on listening. And the same thing happened. Another gentleman we interviewed wanted to have a just improved kind of public speaking and, and commanding a room, either virtually or in person. And, and we asked a similar question, who would you like to learn from? And, and he said, a stand-up comedian. And we, sure enough, recruited a couple of different comedians, vetted how they teach their content and onboarded to in the early days. So a lot of it was understanding from the user what they want to learn and who they would like to learn from. And then our learning experience early days was we were watching all kinds of TED Talks and listening to podcasts and tracking what types of books were trending on, on Amazon from a you know either business or human development perspective and just getting as many kind of different inputs as possible and then recruiting either the person who did the TED Talk or the person who was on the podcast or the author of the book And interestingly, as great as all those people seem, not everyone can teach (laughs) and lead a work. (laughs) And so there was a little bit of handholding. There was a little bit of, oh, this person's just not a great fit. And then there were others who could just jump in and nail it. And so ultimately, where we believe the power of the platform is, we collect analytics on every single class, whether that's a pilot class to apply to join or 
you know, a class with an employer. And so the ultimate goal is no matter when an employer comes onto the platform, we have, you know, a recommendation engine and, and analytics on every teacher so that they know, you know, exactly who could be the best fit for their audience. But it's definitely a blend of an art and a science as far as recruiting and then measuring effectiveness. That sounds like fun. So you're sitting there watching Netflix documentaries, you find someone cool, reach out to them and get them on the platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the great surprise to us was teachers are such great referrers of other great teachers. And there was this example where early days, we had this psychology professor who was teaching the science of happiness. And she's just amazing. Her class was really well received. And at the end of maybe her fifth elective that she taught, we asked her this really open-ended question. We said, who is one person you know that you think 100 strangers should learn from? And she immediately shared this idea for an Abraham Lincoln scholar <laughs> uh, who teaches leadership. And so we said, oh, what a great idea. And all of a sudden, that led to an idea for this woman who was in Hamilton, and she teaches collaboration. And then that woman lived across the hall from an Olympian who teaches another type of teamwork and goal setting. And so there was this really organic flywheel happening of teachers referring other teachers in totally different content spaces. And so we just kind of let that magic happen and kind of get pulled into areas that may not have been coming up in employee interviews. But as soon as you hear it as an employee, you're like, I totally want to take that class. Nice. That's so cool. Really interesting. All right. So let's zoom out into the future here. If we look, you know, five years ahead, what do you think this looks like, you know, as a company and you know, as a category? So my co-founder, Krikor, and I always, we've had this expression kind of from day one of we want electives to be at every single company. That's kind of the big vision. We didn't set out to create a small company. And we believe that the same way every company today has mandatory training, we think we can get to a place where companies are all offering electives and truly picking the classes and topics and teachers that define their culture. We have companies today who will they'll actually show a brochure of all of their electives teachers to prospective candidates as a way to say, these are the topics we think are important, and this is why you should come work at our company. And so the classic entrepreneurial vision dream is electives at every company. In five years, the hope is that we're on that path and it's starting to expand into the larger enterprise space, starting to expand into the companies that maybe historically didn't invest in DEI or didn't invest in manager training that are starting to kind of see the light in terms of the value. So that's how we think about just the broader vision of electives. And I am very curious to kind of solve this category question. I think it would be a miss if in five years, electives was known as this great corporate training company. It feels bigger than that. There's just a lot of individuals who have come out of electives that feel like they've fundamentally grown as a human being, not just an employee of a company. And so trying to unpack that human development and that individual growth at scale is is what we're setting out to do and and TBD on the name of that <laughs> that category. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Well, that vision certainly has me excited. I think that's all we're going to have time to cover for today, but before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with this journey as you build this category, you know, where should they go? Yeah, our website is electives.io. It's electives, plural, dot IO. You can follow us on LinkedIn. Our company page is electives. And if you ever want to connect personally on LinkedIn, Jason Lavender. And my email is jason at electives.io. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time here, Jason, and look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. 
Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Brett. Appreciate it. Cheers.